What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to North Florida Now. I'm John Scott. Coming soon, we're going to be teaming up with Canines for Warriors, and we want you to hear some of these stories from the people themselves. We can tell stories, but to hear them from the voice of those who have been blessed by Canines for Warriors, uh, you, you need to hear these stories. Uh, Jarrell Wester is one of those, and we welcome him to North Florida Now. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining us. So you can tell your story. If you would, take us back. Take us back to what got you to where you needed canines for Warriors. So I spent 11 years in the United States Coast Guard. Uh, I did a little bit of time on the on the east coast of Florida, doing a lot of search and rescue down there. Um, and then from there, I went west coast, uh, Columbia River area, did a lot of heavy weather search and rescue there. Um, and over the course of 11 years, I, I, I picked up a lot of... Uh, I don't want to say demons, but a lot of um, situations that I was having difficult time dealing with, difficult time reconciling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, get, I get injured, um, and I, the Coast Guard discharged me. I had a medical discharge. I got out. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of assistance on the backside of my discharge. There wasn't a whole lot of support or, or you know, anything to do, really. Um, on the outside, I was really lost. I, I didn't really know what to do with myself. Um I bounced around a lot, different jobs. Um, my wife was very supportive uh, in my in my struggles, but it was something I tried to bear by myself. Um, and unfortunately, that that kind of created a dark hole. And I wasn't really able to find a way out of it. I, mm. I sought counseling, and I went through the VA to try and, and get some help there. And, and you know, they say you only get what you put into it, and they, you know, I didn't really put a whole lot into it. I, I tried. I just wasn't couldn't find a reason and that lack of purpose um, it kind of led to a really dark spot and then and the only way I could I could at the time find a way to find a way out of it was to basically take take my own life oh it was a I struggled with it back and forth I decided yes and no and I was not going to and I was going to and um, it just I couldn't find a reason not to, and that was kind of what drove me to make the decision. And it, uh, it it's a hard place to be in. It's a hard place to live in day to day. And I, I just, to me, that was that was the answer. And uh, and I wasn't really thinking about my family. I wasn't really thinking about anything other than just kind of getting rid of ending this whole despair and and darkness. I had told myself that I had I had made a plan. I had made a decision. I was done. I wasn't. You know, I wasn't really going to see tomorrow. And uh, I was going to have one last meal. I was going to leave work and grab a sandwich. Um, I kind of usually told myself, if if somebody stopped me or if somebody talked to me or somebody said something, um, then I was going to change. I I wasn't going to go through with it. And I'd been through this yo-yo a couple times where I was and I wasn't. Right. And uh, I felt that this was... You know, this was it. I was done playing around, basically. And, um, I 
sat in the parking lot of a firehouse subs bawling my eyes out. I couldn't, I couldn't find a way to do anything. I couldn't move forward. I couldn't go backward. Um, this was the end for me. And it was really hard. It's even hard just thinking about it now. But sure. Um, I went into this to the firehouse subs right by my job here, and I um, it was kind of one of the last meal kind of things. And I sat down, and uh, the, the cup that they gave me, the, the soda cup, had an advertisement for Canines for Warriors on it. And I read the cup, and it, it had talked about how um, how that they helped uh, connect veterans with service dogs for people with uh, PTSD, and and I. Uh, I had the, the VA had told me, you know, hey, you know, you have PTSD. This is something that you need to work through. And um, to me, you know, I was in the Coast Guard. I didn't, you know, PTSD was something that guys from the Army and the Marine Corps got. And, right. You know, I didn't really, you know, this wasn't something that I could have, you know. But I, I, I don't know if it was one, of, if it was the cop or what it was. But you know, to me, I took that as well. I'm going to give him a call, and if someone picks up, then I'm going to, I'm not going to go through. Um, I'm going to try and get a dog and I'm going to see if this helps. And uh, I called Canis Warriors. I talked to Rory. He's at the time, I think he was in charge of the program. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's just hard to talk about. I understand. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I talked to Rory and um, he made me promise that I would um, go to the VA and that I would get treatment and that I would try and work, you know, get a diagnosis and work through this. And he would work on his end to. You know, to see that I, you know, that I could get a dog, and he gave me an application that was ridiculously long, but it was worth it. Is it? You know, the whole turnaround time that that going to get treatment, that going to work through with the with the counselors and with the representatives at the VA, and um, that kind of really set me up to be in the right frame of mind um, when I when I got to meet Betsy. Mm. So. How long of a period of time did it take for you to warm up or Betsy to warm up to you? About three days. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, – so you, once you go there, there's a day or two where you get to meet your – in the Coast Guard, we call them shipmates, but your battle buddies or yeah. whatever, you know, whatever you really want to call them, but the people you are in the same situation with. And that that was a thing for me too is, uh, you know, I was, in, I was in the Coast Guard. I didn't really see – you know, why, why was I having these same problems that, you know, people who had been deployed with were, mm-hmm. um, but those first couple of days, you know, talking with them, it's like, Hey, we, we kind of experienced similar situations and there was no reason to be ashamed of what you did. Or mm-hmm. we just, you know, we're all in the same boat kind of thing. Indeed. And it ex- expanded the idea of what PTSD could be, where I think that's going to help so many other people too, with you telling your story. And that was one of the hard things for me to overcome was that it's, you know, there's a huge thing that it's you know ptsd is related to you know i mean the marine corps folks who were deployed overseas and it's uh it's not it's not confined to one branch to one service you know i i fished a lot of bodies out of the water i put a lot of people in bags i told a lot of wives they've lost their husbands i told a lot of mothers that they lost their sons um and and that is just as just as strong and just as powerful and just as disturbing yeah, that's, that, that's something ordinary people don't do, you know, and you were extraordinary in the fact you had to do it. But, of course, the repercussions come. Do you find yourself more confident in doing a lot of other things now that Betsy's with you? Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's kind of weird to explain. Um, I, it's for, 
for me, she's a distractor. Um, she distracts me when I get kind of wound up and when, when I can start to feel symptoms coming back. Um, but at the same time, she's a distractor for other people. Um, everyone loves dogs. That's the first thing people look at. That's the first thing they want to address. Um, so that kind of gives me that mental space to back up and kind of process through what's going on um, so you don't get those panic moments, uh, mm. sweaty palms and looking over your shoulder. Well, I tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful story. And I know it's when you, you live every day and we cannot at all know what you went through and what you're going through, but we can see what canines for warriors have done for you. And the fact you're still here to tell this story, I think is just a, it's just a miracle on so many ways. And for, for them to have this, to have this kind of system set up to help folks is, uh, is nothing short of a miracle as well. I, I know it, it took me a while. It took me a while to be able to talk about it. Sure. I can tell. Yeah. Um, it's emotional. It, it's, it took a lot of uh, forgiveness, a lot of understanding and accepting that, Hey, this is, uh, this is normal. You know, it's, um, I, I work with Canyons for Warriors uh, up here. There's a golf tournament they have in Green Bay that I've, I've done three times now, and it's taken me um, three years of that tournament um, of meeting people and talking with other veterans before I finally felt comfortable like opening up about my experiences and kind of what I've gone through and my journey. But it's a journey I couldn't have done without you know, Canines for Warriors and a cop and a phone call. Hmm. Saved your life. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a. We're not. Joe, we appreciate. You're the other side of the equation, though, because you guys get this stuff out to other people who were in my situation and maybe not know that there's help out there. There's help out there. Don't do nothing till you get your help, and uh, we all need help at times. Yeah, hearing your story might be that one sign somebody's looking for right now. Yes, sir. Never know that. Right. Well, Joe, thank you. I know it. I know it takes a lot to tell a story like that, and and we do appreciate that. And thanks for telling the story of you and Betsy, and uh, we're wishing for a happily ever after with you and that beautiful dog. I appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. We continue our special look at Canines for Warriors as we will get together with them uh, upcoming Veterans Day, and 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 tell you a lot more about Canines for Warriors. But here on North Florida now, we want to have another wonderful guest. Uh, Jody Revels joins us. Jody, thank you for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me on. Tell us your story, if you would, please. We go back to to how this started and how you got with Canines for Warriors. But first, a little background. Yeah, I mean, essentially, I'm I'm an 11 year Army veteran. I served in the infantry and later on civil affairs. Um, deployed to Iraq, and uh, with that, after my Iraq deployment, I started experiencing some issues that ultimately. Uh, I found out were PTSD and head trauma. Um, over over time dealing with that, uh, it took me a long time to figure out exactly what PTSD was. Uh, I got out of the military once and ended up just angry and and trying to figure out what was going on and and I I just couldn't I couldn't solve it. So I went back in the military to to face things head on because that's kind of how you do you know mm-hmm. military personnel. Just if you if you can't fight it head on, you don't know what to do with it. So. Um, that's what I did, and uh, went back in, and of course it didn't solve my problem. Um, ultimately, I was diagnosed with PTSD, and, and of course the head trauma, and the military's, I guess, way to treat that was just to heavily medicate me. Um, at one point, I was on 20 different pills a day, oh. and I couldn't function. 
So, uh, you know, my wife pretty much called me a zombie. Um, mm. So with that, I ended up getting out of the military, trying to figure out what else to do with my life. And I was either on the medication and couldn't function, or I'd get off the medication and, and try to function in the civilian world and couldn't function. So, you know, I really didn't fit in in the Army, and I didn't fit in the civilian world. And, um, you know, I just got to the point where I was kind of desperate. So um, I was having having trouble sleeping, uh, nightmares, uh, a lot of hypervigilance, always trying to figure out what's going on around me at all times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life was just exhausting. And I wasn't able to be present with my family uh, men- mentally. You know, when my kids would talk to me, I'd always be trying to assess every situation around me. So they actually got to the point where they asked my, asked my wife, uh, why doesn't dad like us? Oh, so, oh. yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. So, uh, you know, I tried to explain to him that, you know, I do love them. But uh, oh. again, when you're talking to somebody and you're looking over their shoulder and, and trying to pay attention to everything else around you, it doesn't really, you know, give that importance to them that they deserve. So after a while of, uh, just looking at life and, and kind of figuring out that um, at that point I felt like I was a detriment to my family. And, mm-hmm. and again, just couldn't fit in anywhere. I started trying to seek help. And with that, I went through a lot of different programs um, through the VA. And I went to an out-of-state program for head trauma and PTSD. And, you know, all of it made make a little bit of progress, but not, not much. And um, I had some pretty severe symptoms of PTSD at the time. So with that, I ultimately decided that uh, I was going to take my own life because I just felt like, Hmm. hey, everybody else that I've seen in these therapy groups, they probably have PTSD, but I think I have something else. And again, everybody's at, you know, different stages of treatment and that sort of thing. So just in my head, I just felt like I was, and I had something that was incurable and and again, I I just didn't have what they had. So right, I mean, you're, you're they're medicating you, and then you're trying to medicate yourself with your own brain. And trying right. to figure it all out, and it just it just makes things even more blurry, and then you you lose track of of exactly uh, of of who you are, and then you know it's not a it's not a normal it's not a normal step people take, but then those weren't normal steps you took when you were enlisted, you know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then you know you couple that with I mean anybody who's been on long shifts or anything like that, not been able to sleep, you kind of understand what some of the feelings are with that so if you do that i was only sleeping you know three or four hours a night yep. broken up so i was exhausted day in and day out and then in the situation naturally depression starts to develop and your brain's lying to you and yep. you know re- just really at that point one of the things that i was told by my military chain of command um back in 06 was that uh, you shouldn't reach out you shouldn't talk to anybody um we have they had they pretty much set us down with a counselor and told us that hey uh, don't talk to these people because they're going to take away your rights. They'll probably lock you up in a mental health facility. Um, you know, you just don't talk to anybody about it. Talk to your battle buddy, your, you know, your other military um, brethren. And, you know, just, just handle it that way. And since then, we've had, you know, several members of our unit commit suicide. And, you know, it's kind of a – there was kind of a big stigma back then. So with that, uh, like I said, I ended up – you know, reaching out for help, but, uh, just, I just didn't find what was working for me. And ultimately I decided, you know, I was going to take my own life. And, um, I was in one of the programs and somebody brought up Canines for Warriors. So at that point I said, okay, well, I had tried everything else, but here's something different. So logically I need to try everything before I can justify doing something like that. Right. 
so then I uh, I went into the program. I mean, I, I you know I, I looked forward to it. I, I I thought that there was probably something to it, but I also kind of felt like you know this service dogs are just behaviorally trained and they make you feel good because they're fluffy. And I was like, that's not going to help me, you know? So, um, ended up going to the program, um, finding out that that is not what a service dog is, that they are, you know, highly trained animals that can help mitigate symptoms of your disability. So ultimately, um, through going through the program, I was able to kind of integrate a little bit back into society and, and do things that uh, I, I hadn't been able to do at that time. So um, I found out, I met my service dog, Donna, and um, again, you know, she saved my life. So I'm here today because of her. Mm. What, ki- what kind of dog is Donna? Donna's a Pyrenees mix. I think it's a Pyrenees Border Collie mix. Mm. So she's about 75 pounds. What what does what does the do- what does Donna do to, to, to make you feel comfortable in situations can donna sense your your um your trepidation about certain situations yeah and and it's and it's more than trepidation i mean it's it's actually uh you know they can see these things on an mri so your your brain is physically changed uh but the thing is is donna can tell when there's you know changes either in by demeanor or smell things like chemical changes in your body and what she'll do is she'll actually start to pop my leg and let me know hey dad uh, that thing's happening again so i I need you to focus and she'll paw my leg and sometimes yeah hey i can pay attention to her and i can refocus do something else and a lot of times that'll that'll stop any issue from happening but um sometimes you know it's it's still going and if anyone's ever had a panic attack they kind of understand that once you feel symptoms it's too late you just have to endure it um, she can notify me before I have any symptoms. So that's, that's one of the big deals. And then if I don't pay attention to her in her mind, she's decided I'll let him know three times. So I can, you know, she'll tell me and I'll say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah lay down. And then she'll lay down and watch me. And then she'll tell me again. And I'll say, yeah, 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 yeah lay down, you know, cause people are hard headed. It's kind of, especially <laughs> infant treatment, right? Aren't we all? Aren't so, we all? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so if I do that too many times, she's, she's like, okay, dad, that's enough. She'll get up she'll start pulling on the leash repeatedly and, just jumping around and acting like a complete fool until I realized, wait a minute, she's telling me I'm not listening. I need to do something different. And, and at that point, it's either prepare to, to have a panic attack or, um, you know, I, I deal with periods of dissociation, what's going on. So prepare for enough time to, to refocus and, and change the outcome. But worst case scenario, if I start to deal with these things, uh, one of the other things that she provides is they have a command called my lap. And when we give that command, the dog will get into our lap or if i'm sitting on the ground she'll crawl across my waist and lay down and the body heat and the the weight the pressure of the dog is enough to help ground me and what i'm dealing with and uh, helps me kind of focus on something with everything that's going on to where things don't kind of get out of control it's absolutely amazing. We're talking to Jody Rebels with Canines for Warriors. He is the recipient of uh, a, a beautiful dog Donna who um, who saved your life and what would you tell somebody right now, maybe listening and saying, "Ma'am, I, yeah, canines for warriors for Jody. That's all good, but I don't think it's for me." Well, I, got, I would absolutely, absolutely say that if you tried other things and you're still struggling to reach out and try this, because this dog, um, she's done so much for me. I mean, she she wakes me up from nightmares. Um, you know, that's kind of like the pivotal point to me for all healing, whether it's physical, mental, or otherwise, whatever. Yeah. You know, if you're if you can't sleep, you can't heal. Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, like I said, she wakes me up from nightmares, helps break that cycle. 
Um, I can I can put her in a command where she can sit on one side of my body looking backwards behind me and, and let me know when people are coming up and everything's changing in my environment so I can focus on what I'm doing. So that allows me to relax a little bit, put some of that hypervigilance, that stress off on her. So, you know, these dogs do a lot of amazing things and they can they can start to free up some of your some of your life and some of the stress that you're going through to allow you to focus on trying to heal. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a magic pill. It takes a little bit of work and getting used to and some bonding with your dog, but it also supplements therapy and other things. I mean, you know, like I said, my therapist can use this dog as a, as a cue to see when things are going a little bit too rough. And then if that's the case, you know, I mean, you know how, how we do as guys, I mean, they ask you, how you doing? I'm, well, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yep. But she can see that this dog is alerting to me that there's issues going on repeatedly. So, you know, they're like, okay, let's just take a break. And that allows me to step out for a moment and get back involved in therapy. So not only is it just something you can use on your own, but you can also use it as a supplement to other things as well. So these dogs are amazing. I, w- I would absolutely say try it. It's not an emotional support animal. It's not a, it's not a dog that's just there to make you feel good because they're fluffy. I mean, they're really they're, – they're trained to, to do a task to help you. So, you know. Give it a second thought. If worst case scenario, get on the list and, and talk to the people at Cannons for Warriors because they can explain how the dogs can help you. Well, Jody, I, we couldn't say it better coming straight from your heart and your mouth and your mind. It's, uh, that is an incredible endorsement for that. Now, Jody, thank you for sharing your story and the wonderful work of Canines for Warriors this morning. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we wrap up this special edition of North Florida Now and Canines for Warriors with Lindsay Snyder, the Chief Development Officer for Canines for Warriors. Lindsay, thank you for coming on and telling us more about Canines for Warriors. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us and, and supporting our mission. So tell us, if you can, I mean, we, we had both the soldiers on uh, before, and, and tell us in your words what Canines for Warriors does. So here at Canines, we are serving our veterans Um, and rescuing dogs and so basically we're giving both the dog and the warrior just their independence and their life back that they had before deployment um, basically letting them enjoy life now Uh, the way we see it is they went and fought for our freedom and they should not have to come back home and fight for their um, independence we heard the stories, if anybody joined us earlier, Jody and Jorel, both telling their stories, uh, of truly saying these dogs, and they both said, saved my life. That's right. Um, you know, both of them, two different different stories coming from, you know, similar backgrounds. Um, but, it, you know, Jody, I know personally and mm. his family. Um, and when I look at him, I see a dad who will have that. Uh, father-daughter dance because Donna saved his life and canines was part of that. Mm -hmm. It's got to give you a great feeling to know you're a part of this organization. Oh yeah. Every day is a new day and we see new hope reborn um, through, through our dogs and through the veterans coming through our program. What, what drew you to canines for warriors to come work? Um, So funny you should ask i grew up uh, next door to my grandparents small town Um, my grandfather was a marine and so before i could tie my shoes i could pledge allegiance to the flag Mm. Um, and so we grew up serving veterans and um you know loving our country and so when i was offered the job to come and and help serve veterans in the fundraising capacity uh, i couldn't pass it up Mm. it's wonderful
Now, this Veterans Day, we're teaming up with First Coast News to help raise some money to help fund this wonderful thing at Canines for Warriors. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's our mega kennel, um, what we refer to it as here at, at Canines, uh, but it's the Davis Family Mega Kennel on US-1, and it truly is the world's largest shelter-to-service training facility. Uh, we can rescue and train up to 150 dogs once it is complete. Wow. Um, and this basically gives our veterans hope, right? We have a waiting list of two years long, mm. um, and with veterans taking uh, 22 veterans taking their life every day, uh, one day is too long. Mm. And so completing this mega kennel um, will, will help us reduce the wait list um, even more um, and get our veterans through the program um, sooner than later. Yeah, that, those, those are staggering numbers of those who, who see the benefits of this and there's only so much you can do with what you have right now. So this is something we've seen success, incredible success, lives being changed, lives being saved, and we just need more. Uh, we need more facilities, and uh, is, is this going also for getting more trainers to have it happen? That's right. So for every six dogs or so, um, we need one trainer. So this is not only building a facility, but it is, um, employing obviously trainers, um, and we're here at Canines. We're excited that we um, employ a lot of veterans, um, and so we like to give back in that way as well. Um, so it's just a full circle, right? We have veterans helping train dogs to help heal other veterans, um, and then we're rescuing dogs from all over the country from high kill shelters, um, and then giving them a new uh, what we say leash on life here at Canines, mm. and so the dog and the warrior are ultimately saving each other. How long does it take to train a dog, just to take them from being a dog to being all of a sudden a lifesaver? That's right. Um, so usually about five months. Um, it just depends on, you know, the, the life the dog had prior to coming to Canines. Um, we look at the the dogs just like we look at the veterans. They've, they've fought a battle we'll never know anything about. And so we need to bring them both back to health. Um, so usually five months is, is the key turnaround to have a great quality service dog. Are there any types of breeds that are more, to lean more to being better at this uh, type of service? So because we're rescuing dogs, uh, we do receive a lot of lab mixes. Mm -hmm. um, and so we'd say that your Labradors are probably more key than any other breed um but fortunately we have breeders that will donate um litters to us and mm. so we get a lot of the golden retrievers golden doodles um and then the full labs so you will see those and those tend to progress through the program a little faster um but then rescuing it's usually your lab mixes that we we steer towards i was just curious <laughs> about yeah. that because I saw a lot of the pictures and some of the warriors, and I'm, I'm noticing a bit of a thread there, but I wasn't sure. Now, each dollar that we donate uh, this week, you can go to our website at 991wqik.com or go to your website, which is? Canonsforwarriors.org. And each dollar donated will be matched up to $200,000? Well, actually, some exciting news, John. We just uh, received news that it's actually going to be 250000 That's Thank nice. Thank you to our anonymous donors. Yes. 
That is wonderful. And uh, as you heard, Lindsay, earlier, it costs roughly $25,000 to pair a warrior with a service dog. They provide them at zero cost. It, it, to, to do what y'all do, I tell you, it is it's just a life. It literally is a lifesaver for many of these soldiers and just a wonderful, a wonderful organization. And can people right now, if, if people are thinking, yeah, I could sure use I could sure use a dog. I know there's a waiting list now, but how do they get a hold of y'all? Um, so, again, they can visit our website. Uh, we serve veterans with service related PTSD, MST and TBI. Um, fill out an application, and one of our warrior relation team members will reach out and start the process immediately. Lindsay, can every anybody just come and check the place out and tour the facility at all? Yes, John. So we actually welcome that. Um, we set up tours um, daily during the week, um, and we try to work around our classes because obviously we're a residential program, so our warriors are here living with us for three weeks. Um, so we work around their schedules, but we want to show the community uh, where their dollar's going. Um, it's a place, Canines for Warriors is a place that I can't explain, um, but you can experience. And so we do welcome the community to come out and see it for themselves and, and see what their dollars are doing. Lindsay Snyder is the Chief Development Officer for Canines for Warriors. And this Veterans Day, we are teaming up here at iHeart Jacksonville, especially 99.1 WQIK and First Coast News, to help raise much-needed funding for this wonderful mega kennel to help save more dogs' lives and in return save more warriors. It's that simple. Lindsay, you're one of my favorite people, and Canines for Warriors is one of my favorite organizations, so it was a, a thrill to have you on. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for North Florida Now.